Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. Well, now we know that Jesus was the will of the Father manifest. He said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. He climaxed it by saying, in John 8, 29, I always do those things that are pleasing to my Father. Then if we do the same things that Jesus did, plus the things that he has taught us to do, that he could not do, we may be sure that we're in the Father's will. And if we are in his will, then we are certain that our prayers are answered. We don't try to force him to answer them. We don't tease him like some parents or children do their parents until they wear their parents out. No, we come as intelligent men and women, grown up in Christ, and take our place, bearing his burdens, fellowshipping his purposes, and saving the world. We come into the very throne room of God, uh, the room of love gifts, into the very presence of the Father, and we talk things over with him. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Will of God in Prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. It was natural human reasoning, trying to solve a faith problem, a spiritual problem. Then suddenly, he said, it occurred to me that we hadn't been acting on the Word. Instead, we had read the Word and then tried to force God to do something. We had forgotten that the Bible says that no word from God is void of power and that God said, I watch over my word to perform it. We had forgotten John 15, 7, where Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. The name of Jesus had not yet functioned and we didn't know. John 15, 16, where he said, Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And this man went on to say, I had never fathomed the secret of the of the master's teaching about his name. Now it began to dawn on me. See, we had prayed to Jesus. We had prayed to the Holy Spirit. We had prayed to God, he said. Now we came to the place where we saw we should pray to the Father in Jesus' name. We saw that we were to take the master's place and, and the master had given us the, the right, or as some call it, the power of attorney to use his name. Now you see, friends, when we, when we realize these things, then we can have confidence and boldness, but we've confused the prayer problem. Prayer is based upon the simple ground of coming to the Father in the name of Jesus. And you know, in Hebrews 4.16, the Word of God tells us that He invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, that sounds a whole lot like this 14th verse here that says this is the confidence that we have in him. The other translation we read to you said this is the boldness we have toward him. And so uh, the writer of the Hebrews is, is saying about the same thing that uh, John said here. He invites us to come boldly, boldly to the throne of grace. The Greek word grace means love gifts. Then the throne room is a room where love gifts are given lavishly to those who love him. So I'm invited to come boldly, fearlessly, as a son in the Father's presence. You see, there's no battle prayer there. There's no praying through. I am there in his presence to make my needs known. Praise the Lord. And so we can come with confidence and boldness. And then again, it says here, this is the confidence, this is the boldness we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will. And so the problem 
comes up about praying according to the will of God the Father. But you see, the real truth is this, that we as believers have taken Jesus' place here on the earth, and we're carrying out the plan of redemption in bringing lost men to the saving knowledge of Christ, in building up the babes in Christ, setting the captives free, healing the sick, doing the same kind of work that the master did in his earth walk. And so you see then, this is the boldness we have toward him. I like another rendering that reads like this. This is the freedom that we have in his presence. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Well, now we know that Jesus was the will of the Father manifest. He said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. He climaxed it by saying, in John 8, 29, I always do those things that are pleasing to my Father. Then if we do the same things that Jesus did, plus the things that he has taught us to do that he could not do, we may be sure that we're in the Father's will. And if we are in his will, then we are certain that our prayers are answered. We don't try to force him to answer them. We don't tease him like some parents or children do their parents until they wear their parents out. No, we come as intelligent men and women, grown up in Christ, and take our place, bearing his burdens, fellowshipping his purposes, and saving the world. We come into the very throne room of God, uh, the room of love gifts, into the very presence of the Father, and we talk things over with him. But you say, don't you think it's necessary to pray all night? Jesus did. Well, if we knew the nature of Jesus' prayers, during those night sessions, that might help us. If you have needs enough that it would take a whole night to cover them, then, then you should take the night. Well, somebody said, don't you think that we should keep on praying until our prayer is answered? No, I think instead we might remind him and thank him for the answer. Unbelief becomes insistent, thinking that by works of some kind it can force God to answer. We're going to act on his word just as we act on the word of any firm or company. We're going to act on his word simply as intelligent men and women act on the word of a bank or any other institution that has a record of honesty. Remember, friends, God cannot lie. He watches over his word to make it good. The man that trusts him is absolutely as safe as Jesus was when he trusted his father. And so, thank God, we can walk in the light of the word of God and we can walk in the light of God's word with boldness. Praise his holy name. I think that there's something else that we need to realize here in, in connection with prayer and praying in the will of God that we need to realize the fact that uh, we are dealing with demon forces, that it isn't God that's opposed to prayer, and it's not a matter of batting our way through, but that it's devils and demons here in this area that's endeavoring to keep the answer from being manifested. But we need to realize this, that uh, Jesus has defeated the devil for us, and that we have authority over him. Now, when Jesus began his public ministry, he came in contact instantly with these demon forces. They had wrought unhindered through all the ages. They had held men in bondage. They reigned as kings in the realm of spiritual death. 
No one had authority to dispossess them or to rule over them. For instance, in Mark, the first chapter, the 21st through the 24th verse, and they go into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as having authority and not as the scribes. And straightway there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now that demon knew Jesus, knew who he was. He not only knew Jesus, but he knew his authority and his attitude towards him. Demons feared him. In Luke, the fourth chapter, the first to the thirteenth verse, is the story of the temptation of Jesus. Jesus proved himself to be the master of Satan, and the demons must have known of Satan's defeat. They recognized their master. Hebrews 2.14 said, Since then the children are sharers, are partakers in flesh and blood. He also himself in like manner partook of the same, that through death he might bring to naught or paralyze the death-dealing power of Satan. Now in Revelation, the first chapter, the 17th and 18th verses, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as one dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of hell, or Hades. Now Jesus conquered Satan, as we are shown in Colossians 2.15. Here it says, having put off from himself the principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. This is Satan's eternal defeat. You can understand Hebrews 9.12 that says, Nor yet with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, Jesus entered in once and for all into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now during Jesus' earth walk, he defeated Satan at every point of contact from the day of his temptation until he surrendered himself on the cross. 1 Corinthians 2, 6, another translation reads, We speak wisdom, however, among them that are full grown, not a wisdom of the dethroned powers that rule this world. Satan and the demon forces are dethroned. Now in Colossians 2, 15, that we read a moment ago, I showed you that they were disarmed and stripped of their authority. And in Hebrews 2.14, Jesus destroyed the authority of the Lord of death. Now Romans 5.17 in Weymouth's translation reads, For if by the trespass of one, death seized the sovereignty through that one, much more shall they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign as kings in the realm of life. We as the believers, born-again ones, we who were, before we were born again, defeated, and conquered, now reign as kings in the realm of life here among men, where we have served as a slave of spiritual death. You see, Ephesians 1, 22 through 23 said, And he put all things in subjection under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things for the benefit of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So it is the will of God that we exercise authority in this realm over the devil and reign as kings in life in Christ Jesus. So with what confidence we can come to him. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the Overcoming Prayer Package, which includes the Art of Prayer book by Kenneth E. Hagan and the three CD series from Ken Hagan, Prayer, 
the power plant of the church. Both tremendous resources are just $29.95. That's a savings of $6 off the retail price. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. If you're in the Oklahoma City area, come and experience what we call Sunday morning on Sunday night. They're at Rayma Bible Church, 8921 Northwest Expressway, 6 o'clock every Sunday night. We are there. Right. We're having some awesome services. It's not video. There might be a time that we might show some video, but it's live. I'm there. Craig there. Or one of the other associates is there. Yes. And I, I, I got this idea from, uh, you know, people start Saturday night service and so people be free on Sunday. I said, well, let's just have a Sunday night service and people can be free the whole weekend and come and enjoy Sunday morning on Sunday night. And so we invite you to come out there and be with us. Are you trying to determine what your next step in life is? Are you called to ministry or just want a deeper knowledge of the Bible? Now is the time to take action. Join us at College Weekend at Rama Bible Training College this November 9th through 11th. Attend class sessions, meet with instructors and the dean, plus much more. Call 918-258-1588, extension 2238, or register online at rbtc.org. That number again is 918-258-1588, extension 2238, or online at rbtc.org. Don't wait. Make a decision that could change your life. Make plans to join us next week at the same time and station for more of the series by Kenneth E. Hagan. That's next week here on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.